The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophets, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go. And pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out. And there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising. Until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of a God who came to us as a human baby and who has been surrounded by the discomfort and risk of humanity ever since. Amen. Amen. I have a confession. I used to be Catholic, which is not my confession. Even though I've been back in the Episcopal Church since college, I've always felt at home in the Catholic Church, and it never occurred to me to stop receiving communion there. To this day, my hometown Catholic priests in Rhode Island, who know that I am no longer Roman Catholic, welcome me to the table. So, the confession is that on Christmas Day, when I took my children to a Catholic church in Cambridge, where my husband Greg plays trumpets, I went forward for communion uninvited. My four-year-old, Elsie, is used to receiving two But I didn't want to put the Catholic lay Eucharistic ministers in an awkward place. Elsie may be tall for her age, but she doesn't quite look like she could be old enough to have had a First Communion. So I whispered to Elsie that little kids don't usually take communion in this church, but she could have some of mine. I dipped my wafer and bit it in half and then quietly gave the other half to Elsie and her baby brother Eli once we were back in our pew. Now, between the two Christmas services, the priests 
at this church hosts the musicians for coffee at the rectory. And the kids and I were invited to come along. The rectory was beautiful, and the table was set with pretty and breakable things. So I figured I would not stay long with my one- and four-year-old, lest they decide to undecorate the Christmas tree or start throwing china across the room. The kids, however, rose to the occasion and sat politely at the table with the four musicians and the two priests enjoying cake and milk. The conversation paused, and Elsie decided to contribute her thoughts to the group. (laughs) And all the adults listened intently. They don't let kids take communion at this church, she said matter-of-factly. So Mommy dipped her bread and broke it up for me and Eli to eat. (laughs) And then Greg helpfully added Episcopalians. Religious experience can be uncomfortable and risky. My uncomfortable little story of taking a risk and perhaps being a little disrespectful to my Catholic hosts is nothing compared with the risk and discomfort that happens in Epiphany. Today, if you didn't know, is Epiphany. This is when we as a church celebrate the epiphany that Jesus was the fulfillment of the prophecy, the long-awaited king, the Messiah. The truth is revealed to the wise men who set out to find him guided by a star. And while we could get stuck in the nostalgia of moving our nativity-set camels and wise men into the manger scene, Perhaps we could also allow Epiphany to pull us from the sentimentality of Christmas into the risky and uncomfortable nature of discovering who baby Jesus really is. Because who this sweet newborn baby really is, is very risky and uncomfortable for all parties involved. King Herod the Great is so uncomfortable with the epiphany that the scribes and wise men share with him this revelation about a king being born in Bethlehem to fulfill a prophecy that he plots to find and destroy the child. I can almost feel the chief priests and scribes and Herod squirming in their seats uncomfortable with what the fulfillment of this prophecy might mean to them, to their power. The gospel tells us that upon hearing the news of Jesus' birth, Herod is frightened and all Jerusalem with him. This scene, this fear, does not fit with the cozy hot cocoa Christmas stories that we surround ourselves with. The wise men discern the risk involved for Jesus, and they do not return to Herod. Rather, they go home. I often go home, too, when I discern risk. Mary and Joseph are visited by another angel of the Lord, who tell them to flee to Egypt so that Jesus will not be found and killed. This story is not comfortable for anyone involved. To make things a little more uncomfortable, 
God and God's angels keep on choosing social outsiders to reveal the truth to. As Tony said on Christmas Eve, the shepherds were not popular folks, and yet they are the ones who received the message of Christ's birth, and they are the ones who showed up to greet the Messiah. Likewise, the wise men were magicians, astronomers. They were not Jewish. They were not from Jerusalem. They were mysterious outsiders from the east. And they were the ones who were led to Jesus' place of birth to worship him and bring him gifts. It's easy for us to settle into this story and take for granted that it all unfolded as a good Christmas story should. But in its context, it's a really odd story full of risky, uncomfortable happenings. Which, if you think about it, is appropriate, considering that the world is about to get turned around by a God who showed up as a baby to bring down the powerful and raise up the meek. And yet, we rarely focus on the hard parts of the story. A beloved member of our community died on New Year's Eve. The Reverend Dr. Ivan Kaufman was a gentle spirit and a true joy to be around. I would venture to guess that he was also someone who was capable of residing in the risky and uncomfortable places in our faith. You see, he loves the Psalms in their entirety. Even the parts that we tend to edit out for our own comfort. The Psalms are a dictionary of human emotion, and some of the laments can be hard to take. But Ivan thought that the leaving out of the laments was lamentable, and he advocated for their inclusion. The Psalm laments can be risky and uncomfortable, with talk of striking down enemies and hating evil. For obvious reasons, we shy away from this language. But upon reflection, it seems to me that it was with great wisdom that they were written and with great wisdom that Ivan prayed them. For these laments encompass our whole human experience, even the parts that we are ashamed of. I count myself a pacifist, and yet I know that if someone were to hurt my children... I would say and maybe do things that were at least as hateful and angry as those words in the Psalms that we edit out. And the parts that we avoid in the laments, the part of us that avoids them, is also the part of us perhaps that avoids the danger in the Epiphany story. The massacre of children that happened in Herod's search for Jesus the mysterious outside nature of the wise men who are only mentioned in Matthew's gospel, the discomfort and fear that Mary and Joseph underwent as they became parents to a very scary little prophecy. This is bigger than the socially awkward moment that I began with, of course, of being caught breaking the Eucharistic rules of a church that employs my husband to offer his music at holidays. But it is not entirely disconnected from the reason that I broke the rule in the first place. 
I can't keep myself from the table when Eucharist is being offered. And I can't ask my kids to forego Eucharist either. Yet, there is very little risk in my failing my hunger for Jesus in this way. I have to ask myself, how much risk would it take to keep me away? To what lengths will I actually go? Will you go? To keep taking Jesus in. When the stories get difficult, when the Psalms cut too close to our dark side, when the unfolding of the Messiah story gets too weird, when life gets risky and uncomfortable, do we disengage or do we stay with Christ? I have one more story for you. Greg and I have a friend named Tom who was walking in Boston late one night and saw a very dirty man trying to get up off the sidewalk. The man did not smell or look like someone Tom wanted to be near, but he was a fellow human being, and Tom could not leave him unassisted, so he helped him up. Later, Tom said that in the moment, he knew that if the possibility of helping the man occurred to him and he didn't do it, he would have betrayed his own humanity. Our humanity is uncomfortable and risky. And the God that came to be one of us is all the more so. May we search for this risky Jesus of ours eyes wide open with the honesty of four-year-old Elsie, the sense of adventure of the wise men, and the courage of Mary and Joseph, of Ivan, of Tom, and of all the saints who have engaged in God's uncomfortable story. Amen. Amen.